Welcome to the Climb Your Mountain podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Maurer, a certified personal trainer, high altitude mountaineer, and ultra runner. Each week, I show you how to train, eat, think, and live like a mountaineer so you can boost your chances of reaching the summit. My passion is to empower people of all ages and sizes to get outside and live lives of adventure. Remember, mountain climbing will never be easier than today. So let's dive into the show. Would you rather eat broken glass than work out in hot, humid weather? Is your training suffering because it's getting too hot to exercise outside? This summer, especially with so many gyms closed or off limits, a lot of us rely on the outdoor exercise to get in shape for our adventures. So today I'm going to share some tips to make running and hiking in the heat and humidity slightly less agonizing than having having a colonoscopy with no Xanax. Now, I'm not a magician. I can't make July feel October. I can't make you a super special unicorn from Planet Awesome who can walk through the flames of hell and not feel it, but I promise these tips will help. They really will. So welcome, loves. It's Sarah, and I was inspired to create this episode by my long run last week. I think it was two weekends ago. I was out with my friend Kelly. We were previewing a course for a race we're going to do. It's an ultra race. It was actually supposed to be in April, which would have been a good time to have it because it's low down. It's super hot. It's in the foothills of Colorado, which is still pretty effing hot a lot of the time in summer. And they postponed it to August. So it's hot now and it's probably going to be pretty hot on race day. So we went, we ran the course. It was 80, 80, two when we started and by the time we got done with 20 miles it was 97 degrees and it was hot. So how did we survive this? I feel like we actually did pretty well everything considering and the answer is there was a lot of not running. We spent a lot of time just hanging out under trees in the shade, cooling ourselves down, eating lots of food which we're going to talk about in just a minute why that's important, rehydrating. We stopped at all the creeks and got our hats and our buffs wet and somehow bit by bit, not going very fast. We made it through 20 miles. And it just made me think of all of you who are relying on that outdoor training right now. A lot of us, our gym is closed, or a lot of us are choosing not to go to the gym right now just to help stop the spread of COVID. So I think outdoor exercise is more important than ever. And in the summer, it can be so discouraging to have to deal with the heat and the humidity. So today, I'm just going to talk to you a little bit about why it's hard to exercise in the heat, who should exercise in the heat, because it's really not safe for everyone all the time, so how can you have good judgment about that? And then I'll give you some tips to make it slightly less agonizing. So let's start with why working out in the heat sucks so hard. (laughs) It really does. If you've done it, you know you're running through just like a wall of mud, and it feels terrible. If you're looking at your running or hiking times, it's probably extremely disappointing. You're adding minutes and minutes to every mile. And I want you to understand that that's okay. And 
why it's okay, why it happens. So let's think about our bodies and how they work. Whenever we get hot, your body wants to cool you down. And whenever you're exercising, it's important to keep in mind that 70% of the energy that your body uses to make motion actually gets discharged as heat. It's common sense. Whenever you exercise, you feel hotter. But whenever you're exercising in the heat, that just has an exponentially bigger impact on your body. So what happens when you're so hot and your body needs to cool down? Because obviously, if your body temperature raises to far. That's really bad. You get heat stroke. We'll talk about that in a minute, how to recognize and potentially prevent that. But how does your body prevent it? What it's, One of the big things it does is it takes your blood, which would normally, when you're exercising, would go to your muscles and take oxygen to your muscles. And instead of going there, it goes to the skin. <laughs> and the reason it goes to the skin is so that it can get cooled off either through evaporation from you sweating and then whenever the sweat evaporates from your skin that actually um, absorbs energy which cools you off or convection, if the breeze is blowing across your skin, that cools it. The, the breeze actually takes some of the, some of the energy away, so the heat energy, so you feel cooler. And while that's awesome, and why, while bodies are awesome, and it's just cool it knows to do that, at this time, you're a little bit hypoxic during exercise because you're not getting as much oxygen to your muscles as you need. So that's why you're slower. That's why exercise feels harder. That's why you may start to pant more at a lower heart rate if you're doing heart rate training. It's almost like being at altitude. A lot of people compare it to that. And um, I'll talk a little bit more at the end about kind of the link between altitude and heat for those of you who are training for mountain adventures in the flatlands there's actually it actually can help you if you're able to be in the hots a little bit it gets your body used to being used to hypoxic conditions but while you're doing it it just feels really really terrible and I think the big thing you can take away from knowing all this is to set more realistic expectations if you normally run a 10 minute mile you might be running a 13 minute mile when it's hot it's okay <laughs> It's supposed to be that way. If you look at marathons, long-distance running events, things where they keep time, the ones that happen in hot weather, even the elite runners will have much higher times. And often people who are elite runners will plan their events to try to be in things that are a little bit cooler, whether that's in the colder months of the year or for ultra marathoners, they want to go to higher elevation because that's where you get the really good times because you're not battling your own body the whole time. So just set realistic expectations, be easy on yourself. Um, I think it's really important whenever you're in the heat to really tune into your body and listen in. And we'll talk about that a little bit more a little later in the episode when I get to the tips. So second question, is it safe to exercise in the heat? And the answer is it's really not for everyone. So I want you to be pretty careful about this. If you have any kind of chronic condition, if you take any kind of medication, I think it's so important to check in with your doctor because 
Some conditions can be aggravated by the heat. You might be more susceptible to heat than other people. Some medications can make you more susceptible to the heat so that you are more likely to get heat exhaustion, heat stroke, heat cramps, things like that. So if you have any question at all in your mind or if in the past you've had trouble with heat, definitely check in with your doctor before you get out there in the heat. If you're one of those people that just can't be in the heat, there are ways to avoid it. We'll talk about those in a couple of minutes. Another thing to keep in mind when you're preparing to go out in the heat is to check the heat index. So what the heat index is, is it's taking into consideration not only the actual temperature, but the humidity. They're both important in determining how likely you are to get heat stroke, to be impaired by the heat. And the reason the humidity is really important is if you think about evaporation, we talked about how evaporation cools you, cools your blood because it's absorbing energy. For those of you who are on the East Coast or in the South or training in these really humid places, you already know this, that there's no such thing as evaporation in those places. The water comes out of you and then it just sits on your skin and you're wet and then it gets hot and there's no cooling taking place because the air is humid. It's already saturated with water. A lot of people, whenever they go to the mountains from a humid place, for example, they go to Colorado, they can't believe how different it feels to be in the desert. And maybe it's hot, but because the, the sweat is evaporating, you feel clean. You don't feel wet. You don't feel clammy. You come back from a run and your clothes are actually dry. It's, it's amazing, the difference. And it, it's so much more comfortable for you whenever you're exercising outside. So, so humidity is a huge factor. Whenever your sweat isn't evaporating, the heat inside your body can increase more rapidly. So check the heat index. I'm actually going to post it in the show notes if you want to check it out. It's a little table. You just look at the relative humidity. You look at the temperature. It'll tell you how dangerous it is to go outside. And whenever it's the heat index is very, very high, it's a good idea to wait and not go out in that. And even when it's medium, I, I would be cautious about going out in it unless you're somewhat acclimated to the heat, which is something we'll talk about a little bit later later. So is it safe to work out in the heat and the humidity? It really depends. I just want you to make sure that you're being extra cautious. One other safety thing that's really important is understanding the symptoms of heat exhaustion and heat stroke. And they overlap a little bit, but some things to look for that you might be headed down that road. So heat exhaustion is when your body is, is really struggling with temperature, your heart rate may be elevated. You'll feel very tired. Some people feel nauseous. Um, You're still sweating at this point. Um, You're still pretty lucid, although you may feel very tired, maybe a little bit just irritable, changes in mood. These are all signs that, you know, you're headed in a bad direction. It's really important to pull over in the shade, cool off, have someone fan you, if you can get some water on you and then fan you, that is even better. Hydrates and your exercise is done for the day. And you should keep an eye on yourself and make sure that you're continuing to recover. If you progress beyond that point, it becomes a true medical emergency. 
heat stroke. And whenever heat stroke is happening, your body temperature is rising, you need to go to the hospital. If you're with someone this is happening to, you need to get them in the shade, cool them off, call 911. The signs of heat stroke, starting to experience changes in consciousness, maybe confused, irritable, combative, drastic mood swings. Some people stop sweating when they have heat stroke. However, that's not an absolute requirement, especially when people are exercising. They may be sweaty and still have heat stroke, and and you won't necessarily know. Often they'll have, again, a very rapid pulse, often red face. So any of these symptoms, if you suspect heat stroke, you need to get this person medical attention, need to immediately start cooling them, again, with fanning, getting them in the shade. And it's really just important to be vigilant for these symptoms and take action if you suspect that they even might be happening. I've had heat exhaustion living in Thailand for a couple of years, and it's miserable. I just got very tired, very cranky, and I laid down and slept for hours. I was at a party. like It was an outdoor party, like sleeping behind the chairs on the ground because I was so tired. So beyond adjusting your expectations, what can you do to make exercising in the heat more pleasant? Here are three things I really want you to focus on. Number one, I want you to drink more with some caveats. So by drinking more, I mean drinking when you're thirsty, you're going to be thirsty more often. Drink plenty every time you're thirsty. You don't need to force or overhydrate, but, you know, make sure you're getting plenty of water in your body. If you're on a long runner hike and water is just kind of becoming gross, sometimes your water gets warm and it's just like, ugh, I don't even want to drink this. Consider adding some flavor to your water, whether that's a little bit of diluted sports drink or a tablet that gives it some flavor, an electrolyte tablet. I'll put a link to some of my favorite ones in the show notes. Um, Sometimes that can make you actually drink more because you're not so grossed out by your own water. Um, If you, some people drink up to a liter an hour whenever it's really hot, especially during intense activity. That's pretty normal, but I would shoot for at least 500 milliliters half a liter, half of one of those Nalgene bottles every hour, and above that, as much as you feel like you need as prompted by thirst. Again, it's it's important not to overhydrate. Some people go crazy and they're like, I'm going to drink a liter of water every half hour. And what can happen then is a condition called hyponatremia, which is when you have so much water inside of you that you're diluting your electrolytes. And electrolytes are things like uh, mostly sodium, also calcium, magnesium. There's a couple of other ones. But if you don't have a high enough concentration of electrolytes in your blood, then water actually moves out of your blood and into your cells. It swells them. It can cause swelling on your brain. And it can actually be a life-threatening condition. So the, the answer to that is just to let thirst guide you. Don't force hydration. And another thing you can do is just keep an eye on your sodium levels. Um, They say in hot weather, at least 500 milligrams of sodium, try to replace that per hour, whether that's with drinking some sports drink, um, putting an electrolyte tablet in your water, or you can replace it through your food too. If you have some salty foods you're munching on, that can help you replace it as well. So drink lots of water. It's pretty simple, right? 
Drink when you're thirsty. Drink plenty every time you're thirsty, but you don't need to force water down when you're not thirsty. Tip number two, I want you to eat more carbs during exercise in hot weather. And this may seem gross because like a lot of people lose their appetite in the heat and they really don't want to eat. And the truth though is that In hot weather, your muscle glycogen, which is the main carbohydrate fuel that your body uses during moderate to intense exercise, gets depleted faster. You use more glycogen when it's hot, and you really don't have any way to replace that while you're in the middle of an activity. So the only thing you can do is eat more carbs. And how much carbs? Kind of the the very broad recommendation by exercise science specialists, nutritionists, is 30 grams to 90 grams an hour. Of course, that's going to be depend on the size of you. Someone my size is probably closer to 30 grams. A big guy is probably, you know, on the upper end of that. But no matter who you are, you're going to eat more carbs whenever it's hot outside. What should you eat? Um, things you drink go into you the fastest. So if you have some sports drink with glucose, fructose, dextrose in it, that's, that's, that's sugar, that can help a bit. In hot weather, you'll often feel better if you keep your sports drink very diluted. So if you want an actual percentage, 3 to 4% carbohydrate often works well for people. You can also get carbs through your snacks. You're going to want very palatable things that taste good because you're not going to want to eat. So some people carry candy. This is one of your few excuses to eat some refined sugar, have some Snickers, have some gummy worms, have something you really, really love. Um, of course, it should be something that can handle the heat um, and not melt too much in your in your pack or your vest. A- another really great thing to do is to make your own carb-rich food. Um, the idea of make-it-yourself portable snacks for hiking is huge right now. And there's a couple of really good cookbooks that my coach recommended to me that I'll um, I'll put in the show notes so you can check it out. So one of my favorite things to eat during hot weather that's rich in carbs is different kinds of pancakes or waffles. And I actually mix the ingredients in them. So it's it's just um, a self-contained little meal that you can wrap up. The waffle has chocolate and berries and stuff already inside, or the pancake has pesto and potato flakes. I actually make a waffle that has like pizza ingredients in it. It's super good. I'll put links to the cookbooks with those recipes in the show notes so you can check it out for yourself. But start thinking about how you can bring along really tasty carb-rich food on some of these hot runs and hikes because it's so important to keep fueling yourself even as you're consuming your glycogen at a faster rate. Number three, this one is timing. If you're one of those people that should not run in the heat, there are often some ways to avoid it. Running early in the morning is one of the best. That's the coolest time of the day. Another thing you can do is run, if it's safe where you are, is to run at night with a headlamp. The location can also make a difference. If, if you have a beach where there's often a breeze coming in, remember that that wind actually moves over your skin and cools you. And when you're making choices about when to run for the day, one thing that's helpful to do sometimes is to pull up a detailed weather report. I like to go to weather 
weather.gov. I'll put a link in the show notes to it, put in the zip code of where I'm going to be doing my workout. And it'll tell you like what the wind will be at different times of day, what the cloud cover will be, what the temperatures will be. It'll give you a graph showing over 24 hours that'll give you a pretty good idea when is the safest time to work out outdoors. So that can be a real lifesaver for those of you who either want to avoid the heat or need to avoid the heat just because of a medical condition, a medication. It's important that you don't get overheated. And the good news for everybody is that for these mountain sports, when you go into the mountains, you know, it can get a little hot, but extreme heat is pretty rare. There's some exceptions to that if you're tramping around on a glacier Sometimes the radiation gets gets pretty hot, but in general, it, like like extreme heat is not too big of a deal. So that's good news. Good things to think about if you're forced to work out and train in the heat. Number four, this is one that is also not for everyone, but if you really have no choice but to work out in the heat, you're someplace where it's hot all the time, or if your adventure is going to be someplace where you're likely to get hot, you're doing an ultra race through Death Valley, that's pretty extreme, but you're, you're climbing a mountain someplace tropical and you know on the approach in it's going to be hot, you're going to be sweating, there's going to be some really hot days, it's possible to acclimate to the heat. But it is something that needs to be approached very delicately. What you do is just start working out in the heat, but in little tiny bites. So I would start with no more than 15 minutes. Maybe you go out and do your workout, go for your run, go for a little hike in the afternoon when it's still fairly hot outside. And just let your body feel that. Um, definitely pay attention to yourself while you're doing it. Feel free to slow down, take it as slow as you think you need to. Don't go into it with the expectation of setting any records <laughs> for speed on this workout. And then gradually over the course of a couple weeks you can gradually increase that maybe a few minutes each day until you're you know doing it for an hour or two it takes a couple of weeks to actually get fully acclimated and when I say fully acclimated it doesn't mean that heat feels good it just means that you it's kind of like altitude even when you're acclimated you still feel it right heat is the same way but you're probably going to reach your maximum acclimation if you take it nice and slow don't like push it too hard probably in about a month is a good goal to shoot for and at that point, you're, you'll be able to go out for maybe an hour or two and in the heat and, and be okay. And even when you're acclimated, it's just still so important to listen to your body, slow down when you need to, don't have so many expectations around performance. And of course, if you have any symptoms of heat-related illness, stop right away. That's the end of your day. And that's okay. Get somewhere cool right away and start cooling off and taking good care of yourself. So, so there you go. Oh, working out in the heat. <laughs> I feel like the way I've described it makes it sound like pure hell. And to some degree, it, it never it never feels great. It's, it's, but it's kind of like altitude in that way. And just a final story to wrap up with. I have a friend who's coming to run an ultra race in Colorado. She's coming from Texas and she's super, super nervous about the elevation gain, the altitude, how she's going to feel. And really, 
I was talking to another friend who actually moved here from New Jersey and started running ultra races in Colorado. And she said, you know what? Training in the heat and the humidity like made me not mind the altitude so much. And I think it might be because they really both do the same thing to you. In the case of heat, your, your blood is taking oxygen away from your muscles because it's taking it to your skin. And in the case of altitude, there's just no oxygen anyway. (laughs) You're just breathing in and fewer molecules come in. So it's kind of the same net effect. So there's no science behind this that I can speak to, but anecdotal evidence suggests that being in the heat can actually help you somewhat with the altitude. So if you're someone that's training in the flatlands where it's hot right now for your mountain climb, for your mountain adventure, chin up. It, it actually may work to your advantage to some degree. So so to all of you who are training in the heat this summer, outdoors, good luck. I just, my heart bleeds for you. I know it's hard and it, it can really suck sometimes. And I know that you guys are tough and resourceful and you're, you're going to make it through. And it only lasts for a couple of months and soon it'll be like September, October, and we'll just be in heaven. That's the best time to be hiking and running and working out outside. So good luck to all of you. Thanks for tuning in this week and I will catch you next week. Take care. Hey friend, if you're enjoying the pod, there are two simple and free ways you can show your support. First of all, please share this with a friend who might find it helpful. And second, please leave a review on iTunes. Your support means the world to me. Thanks so much for tuning in.